Welcome to The Refresh from Insider, presented by WebEx by Cisco. I'm Dave Smith. And I'm Rebecca Ibarra. It's Wednesday, June 1st, and we're bringing you real-time news, fresh like live radio, but on demand like podcasts. Here's the latest. Things are getting hairy in Uvalde. According to ABC News, the local police department and the independent school district police are no longer cooperating with the state's investigation into last week's massacre at Robb Elementary School. Sources say local police decided to stop working with the state's investigation after the public safety director said the delayed entry into the classroom was, quote, the wrong decision. The funerals in Uvalde have begun. Yesterday afternoon, services were held for Maite Rodriguez and Omri Joe Garza, both just 10 years old. Hundreds of mourners turned out. Sacred Heart Catholic Church had to turn people away after reaching capacity. 19 more funerals are planned for the next two and a half weeks. Russian officials just keep piling charges on Alexei Navalny. The jailed opposition leader and Putin critic says he's facing new criminal charges. On Twitter, Navalny says the Kremlin is now accusing him of creating an extremist group in order to incite hatred against officials and Russian oligarchs. He's already serving a nine-year high-security sentence on fraud and contempt of court, and this new charge could add 15 more. COVID cases appear to be plateauing in New York City. The percentage of tests coming back positive is coming down, and the seven-day average of hospitalizations has dropped about 15% over the last month. Most of the hospitalizations and deaths in the city are among the unvaccinated population. Ewan McGregor, who plays Obi-Wan Kenobi in the Star Wars prequels and the new show on Disney+, posted a video on social media last night admonishing people harassing his co-star Moses Ingram with hundreds of anti-Black misogynist messages. We stand with Moses. We love Moses. And if you're sending her bullying messages, you're no Star Wars fan in my mind. There's no place for racism in this world. If you like what you hear, give us a rating and review in your favorite podcast app. It helps people find the show. Coming up, we've got some great advice if you're looking to buy a home in this wild market from someone who's just been through it all. The changing world of hybrid work offers new possibilities. WebEx enables them with an open platform and many integrated partners like Envoy, Tandem, and Miro. Powerful partnerships power hybrid work. Visit apphub.webex.com. WebEx, working for everyone. The Supreme Court has temporarily blocked the new Texas law regulating social media companies from going into effect. The GOP-backed measure forbids companies like Twitter and Facebook from removing posts from users based on the views they express. A 5-4 to four court majority blocked the law on an emergency basis without giving a reason, but the justices could revisit the case once it works its way through lower courts. A woman is suing the manufacturer of the gun used in New York City's subway shooting in April. Eileen Stewart was one of the 10 people on the Q train when Frank James opened fire with a Glock pistol. Her lawsuit alleges that Glock's marketing strategy, which promotes concealment, disregards unreasonable risks, and allows the user to, quote, inflict unparalleled civilian carnage. 
two of the greatest tennis players ever faced off in a grueling quarterfinal match at the French Open last night. And after more than four intense hours, Rafael Nadal beat out Novak Djokovic just after 1 a.m. Nadal says of his win, this was one of those magic nights for me. Next up, Nadal plays Alexander Zverev in the semifinals on Friday. Governor Asa Hutchinson of Arkansas says he's open to gun reform. Well, kinda. The Republican told CNN he's open to discussing raising the minimum age requirements for people buying AR-15s. I have a lot of concerns about it from a constitutional standpoint, but uh, we've got to have this conversation. Although it isn't much, Hutchinson joins a small list of Republican leaders who might consider some form of gun reform after the Uvalde mass shooting. Another sex abuse trial against Bill Cosby begins today in Santa Monica, California. The accuser, Judy Huth, claims that Cosby sexually assaulted her at the Playboy Mansion in 1975 when she was 16 years old. Cosby is not required to attend the trial, and he has no plans to leave his home in Pennsylvania. The civil case is one of the last few legal claims left against the 85-year-old disgraced comedian. The last time we chatted with insiders Laura Grace Tarpley, she was in the beginning stages of buying a home with her husband in Olympia, Washington. A few months and several offers later, Laura Grace has finally purchased a house and she's here to give us some pointers. Hey, Laura Grace. Hello. I am here talking from my house. We moved in this weekend. It's very exciting. First off, congratulations. Tell us about your new house. Thank you so much. It is uh, in Olympia, Washington. It's in a neighborhood we really like. It is one floor with four bedrooms and two bathrooms, which is more than I ever thought we would get. I am thrilled. Wow. Yeah. So it was listed for Mm $425,000. Well, we initially offered $460,000 and then we had an escalation clause where we went up to $501,750. And that is what we ended up paying because we had another person kind of in a bidding war with us. So we ended up having to go up to that. So the last time we chatted, we talked about how crazy this market is right now and you experienced it firsthand. So what was this process like for you? Yeah. So we toured probably 30 or 40 houses. Um, And yeah, it was a lot. It was every weekend for over two months just took over my life. Um, the house we got was attempt number six. There are other offers where we just got beat out. One person, you know, they, they put in $100,000 over asking. They want another, an, another one was an all cash offer. I couldn't compete with that. And then there were a couple that were, they were like, you were so close. You were so close. You were our second choice. And I was like, that does not make me feel better. That makes me feel worse. I mean, you write about this. Were you at all surprised by your emotional response to any part of this process? Yeah, I so I was very prepared mentally going in. I knew what we were going getting into and it was just so I was really surprised how emotionally drained I was. Mm-hmm. You just get emotionally attached to a house really fast. You can picture your whole life in it. So you saw over 40 houses put in several offers and quickly realized you needed to make some changes to make your offers look more attractive to sellers. So you dropped some contingencies. What were they and why were you willing to lose them? Absolutely. So um, this is not the case everywhere, but where I live, it's 
all but guaranteed that if you do not waive your inspection contingency, you're not going to get the home. And the inspection to contingency is something that after you make an offer, you can have the inspection done. And if it comes back with major, major problems, you can back out. And legally, you don't lose any money that you've already put down. Um, so we waived that. But I will say we did have a pre-offer inspection where um, we just paid a few hundred dollars for someone to come do that for us. Tell us a little bit more about things you were willing to spend on or money you were kind of just willing to lose. A big thing here is that because everyone is offering 10 to 15% above asking, um, sellers are nervous that the home won't appraise for as much as you offer. So if a home is $400,000, you win your offer with $450,000, they're afraid it's it's not going to appraise for that much. And you do not, you as the buyer do not get approved for a mortgage for more than a house appraises for. Um, and so that's very risky. So to mitigate that risk for the seller, we said, hey, we have extra money in cash. We are willing to bring if the house appraises low so that this deal does not fall through and like no one loses money. So when we last spoke, I told you I'm considering buying my first house here in Austin. Do you have any last minute advice for someone like me still thinking about buying their first home? Yeah, I would say, you know, don't do anything you're just not comfortable with. You might not get that house because of it, but you will probably get a house eventually and that'll be the right one. But our realtor kept saying, you know, like you will find the house that is right for you. And I really do feel that way because now that we've had time to look back, we can see why some of those houses like had problems with every difficult letdown, you know, just know that it, there's a good chance it's going to get better. Laura Grace, thanks for chatting as always. Thank you so much, Rebecca. Laura Grace Tarpley is a personal finance editor at Insider and a certified educator in personal finance. Be sure to follow the Refresh from Insider on your favorite podcast apps, or better yet, go to insider.com slash the refresh to use our custom designed player. We also want to hear from you. Reach us at the refresh at insider.com. I'm Dave Smith. And I'm Rebecca Ibarra. Thanks for listening to the Refresh from Insider. Thank you.